Shalom and good morning. Welcome to Life Bites. Thank you once again for tuning in, and may you rejoice today because it is the day that God has made. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your goodness for us. Teach us, Lord, to always have a thankful heart, to proclaim your praises in all our circumstances. You know, friends, if you are feeling pressured, stressed, perhaps discouraged by your job or your family or your studies or your current situation, you can choose to remember God's promises for you and start praising Him today. You know, God works when we praise Him, not when we curse people. So, Father God, help us, Lord, and we humble ourselves again today as we desire to hear you speak to us once again. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now we've arrived at chapter 5 of 1 John. He continues to talk about love. Then he transits to something very powerful where he invites God on the witness stand to testify. But let's read the first part first. 1 John chapter 5. Verse 1, NIV. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. Now what John is saying, everyone who claims to believe in Jesus Christ has become God's child. And as God's children, we definitely love God. Otherwise, we are not God's children. And if we say we are God's children, then we would love God's children too, which is our fellow believers, the people of God, the church. You see, friends, we can't separate God and His children. Let me give you an illustration. You see, I can't say that I marry my wife because I love her, but I don't like her face. I can't separate her face, right? From that, I love her just because of who she is, everything. See, then John adds on in verse 2. He said, this is how we know that we love the children of God. Yeah, you say you love the children of God. This is how we know. And he said, by loving God and carrying out his commands. In other words, people who love God and do what God says are people who love God's people. We can't say that I love God but on my own terms or I love God's children but on my own terms. No, you can't say that. Hmm. See friends, how many of us behave like that sometimes, right? Think about that. And John adds on to that. He said in verse 3, in fact, this is love for God to keep his commands. This is love for God. Do what God says. In other words, we don't even have to say it. Our actions will show if we truly love God or not. To keep His commands. And then He says, And His commands are not burdensome. Now wait a second. Why does John add that line there? God's commands are not burdensome. Why? See, because some people say that God's commands are burdensome. 
This word burdensome means heavy in weight. Another meaning is violent, cruel, trouble, burden. In other words, some people view God's commands as like this: very troublesome, very burden, you know, cruel, violent. That God is giving us His commands this way, you know. But you see, friends, this is how we usually excuse ourselves when we disobey God. When we decide not to love people, we will just say, "Oh, so difficult lah to do God's commands like this lah. You know, cannot follow blah blah blah." You see, friends, that's what the devil wants us to believe, and many Christians have been defeated by this lies. Sadly, so John says, "No, God's commands are not burdensome at all." Why? He gives us a reason here in verse four. He said, "For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith." So what he's saying is that, see, the devil and the world want us to think that obeying God's commands is burdensome. But John says. If we are truly, really the children of God, everyone born of God, we already have the victory. God's children are overcomers. God's children overcomes the world. God's children won't believe in the devil's lies that God's commands are burdensome. You see, if you believe in the devil's lies, then you are not God's child. We see God's commands as burdensome because we don't love God's commands. We don't love God's commands because we actually don't love God. You see, the more we love someone, the easier it is for us to trust Him and do as He says. Right? See, honestly, friends, do we read the Bible? Has a law book or has a love letter? Now let me give you one example. Psalm 119 is a longer psalm. It's the longest chapter, by the way, in the entire Bible, and the whole chapter talks about God's laws. But if you read the chapter, you will find many, 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 many times that the author wrote things such as, "He loves the laws." How much he loves the commands, how much he loves the precepts of God, how much he loves the words, the commands of God. Wow, why? Because for this author, God's word is a love letter to him. Amen. So John, from verse five onwards, he begins to connect us to something very powerful. Pretending to what we've been talking about here. Let's read verse five. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. In verse four, he talks about overcoming the the world, and then he says here, "Who is it then overcomes the world?" Almost like repeating himself, but here he put a very strong emphasis. He says, "Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God." Only the word "only" is very important. In other words, only people who believe. 
not just once in a while, but daily, constantly believe that Jesus is the Son of God, these are the people has overcome the world. What is the world? The world that says God's commands are burdensome. Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Why? Why only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Now, here's why in verse 6. He says, this is the one. Who is the one? This is the Son of God, the one that we must believe, who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood, and it is the Spirit who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. Verse 7, for there are three that testify. Verse 8, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And the three are in agreement. Now, let me help you understand this. When Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, that came by water. And came by blood. What does it mean? It means that Jesus was flesh and blood, 100% human. See, friends, why is that important? Because no spirits can get wet by water. Because the Gnostics people back then claimed that Jesus was just a spirit, not human. And that is why came by water and blood, not just that. He also continues to say that the spirit testifies. When did the spirit testifies? Remember, the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus during water baptism as witnessed by a huge crowd of people at the Jordan River who came to be baptized by John the Baptist. Now, why is that important? The Holy Spirit came upon Jesus because a spirit doesn't come upon another spirit. So if Jesus was not human, just a spirit, that spirit doesn't come upon the other spirit. So the point what John is trying to say is that this is the Son of God that John tells us to believe. He was 100% human. He went through every single hardship, sufferings, persecution, difficulty, challenges, pressures that all of us go through and he chose to obey God. And that's where the next part, John brought in the most powerful witness to the witness stand, which is Father God himself. Verse 9, We accept human testimony, but God's testimony is greater because it is the testimony of God, Wow, which he has given about his Son. That's what happens in the baptism. Verse 10, whoever believes in the Son of God accepts this testimony. Whoever does not believe God has made him out to be a liar because they have not believed the testimony God has given about his Son. What is the emphasis here? Testimony. Whose testimony? God's testimony. So God now is standing on the witness stand. He is giving his witness, his testimony. Father God himself actually spoke, testified from heaven during the water baptism of Jesus in the presence of many eyewitnesses. And Father God said, You are my son, whom I love. 
with you, I am well pleased in the presence of many eyewitnesses. That voice came from heaven. Can you imagine that if you were there, friends? Wow. So John is saying, listen, people. God himself testifies that it is not burdensome to obey him. Why? Because his son, Jesus, was like any of us, flesh and blood, and he has molded it for us, learned from him, and I am pleased with him. You see, friends, Matthew's gospel tells us that Jesus' water baptism was in obedience to the Father. He obeyed the Father. As the Son of God, Jesus actually didn't have to be baptized. But he did it to show us what it means to obey the Father. He modeled it to us and also to demonstrate to us what is going to happen when we believe in the Son of God, which is he has taken our sins to die with him in when he went into the water. That is what signifies he brought our sins, died with him, and to rise again to defeat the power of death when he came out of the water. And that is our victory, friends, when we believe in the Son of God. And again, to prove that Jesus obeyed. He was always in obedience. He was led by the Spirit to the wilderness and fasted for 40 days. Now, how many of you know that that is really burdensome? Fasting one day is burdensome. Fasting for 40 days, no food, no water, that is extremely burdensome. But hey, not for Jesus. Not at all for him. Why? Because he loves the Father. That's why he obeyed the Father. It's not burdensome for him to obey the Father to fast 40 days. And that is why he overcame the devil. Hallelujah. See, friends, because Jesus loves the Father, it was not burdensome for him to obey. And when he did, he overcame the devil. Are we learning something from Jesus' friends today? You see, we seldom consider why we are always living in defeat. Seldom. No, we always think that it is everybody else's fault. Our bosses, our colleagues, our jobs, our studies, our lecturers, our parents, our children, our siblings, our pastors, our cell members, our church members, everybody else's fault. Even God's fault but never ourselves. But you see, friends, victory comes when we obey God. We only obey the one we trust, and we only trust the one we love. Do you love God? Then John concluded with these powerful words. In verse 11, and this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. Verse 12. Whoever has a Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. My friends, today, God himself has given his testimony to us. What else do you need in order to believe him, obey him? and overcome the world. Let me end with this story. I know of this pastor who served in a refugee's camp. 
And so there was this woman in this camp where her face was infected by some sort of bacteria and caused her face to swell quite badly. So this pastor prayed for her and true enough, the next day, he visited her again and she was healed completely. She came rejoicing, testifying she was healed and she believed in Christ. Jesus gave her life to the Lord. But what happened was that there are two other big size, tough men from her community heard about this and they came to look for the pastor. And so they came to see him and they asked him, are you one of those that follow this man called Jesus? And the pastor said, yeah. And so, of course, he was very afraid thinking that perhaps this two men come to beat him up, you see, because he has brought one of the ladies to Jesus, to the Messiah. So, and, but what happened is that they, actually, they separately, on their own, uh, dream and saw a figure inviting them to believe in the Messiah. And so, they shared to each other, they said they saw the same thing and they were just trying to find out what is that and so they came to this pastor to seek for answers because they believed it was the Messiah who was calling them. And so they came to this pastor and this pastor, of course, explained to them the whole thing, preached the gospel to them, shared with them the Messiah, the true Messiah that they never knew. And so, wow, you see friends, then they gave their life to Jesus to follow the Messiah as their Savior. Amen. Hallelujah. You see, friends, God himself revealed himself and testified to these two men. And now they are being discipled and obeying God faithfully, even though following Jesus would threaten their lives. They still choose to obey Jesus. You see, many of us have heard so many testimonies of God himself working in people's lives, right? But sadly, we still choose to disobey God. Why? Think about that. Let's reflect. Friends, are you struggling to obey God? Why? Do you have a problem in trusting God? Why? What are you going to do so that you can really trust and obey God? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you have shown us proven to us and you have even testified to us that it is not burdensome to obey you. God, we acknowledge today that many things in this world have stolen our hearts away from you. So Lord, we repent today of our prideful spirit and help us, Lord, to return to our first love that is you, our Lord Jesus Christ. For when we truly love you, that's when we can surely trust you. And when we can trust you, that's when we will always be delighted in obeying you. Hallelujah. So friends, may God's grace and blessings always envelop you and your loved ones too. We pray all this in Jesus' name, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Thank you for listening. I hope you've been blessed. Now, if you want to know more about Jesus, please drop me a note. Please allow me to help you. Now, everybody wants to be in control of everything in their lives, right? 
Now, one of those controls is that we want to know things really for sure. The question is, do you really know? Now, let's explore the answers together in our next episode. Till the next life bites. Continue to have a bite and have a life. God bless you.